Welcome back to another edition of the Power Podcast. This week I'm joined by Birdie. Hey, how's it going? 40. Hello. Ham. Howdy ho. And your host, Hamish, uh, back after missing last week. The very capable 4020 did a stellar job of filling in, um, probably better than myself. So I'm, I've, I've, I'm looking over the shoulder at the moment. It's a, it's a regular it's, Anthony Seabold. Yeah, and, it's, uh, a Flanagan, oh, it's a it's a Flanagan-McGregor situation, surely. Yeah, yeah. Flanagan-Mary situation. Or <laughs> I was going to say Seabold with uh, the, the – Kevin Malters. Demetrio D- Bennett, oh. you know. Just the old assistant ready to knife loose. the assistant ready to knife the big man in the back. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, well, let's jump straight into it. The round thirteen win over the Cronulla Sharks in the wet, fourteen twelve. Sharks scoring three tries to the Eels two, but a penalty goal to the Eels right in front of the sticks. The difference after who got smashed off the ball was it Reg? Yes, it was uh, Reg and Campbell on the inside that got smacked. Yeah. So, what did you make of it, Birdie? I'll start with you. Sorry. Sorry, I'm so sorry. I've been doing my fancy. Can you restart again? What am I thoughts or what? <laughs> Mate, it's it's the review. What did you think of last week's oh, game? Fuck, I don't know. Oh, the water polo match was actually pretty good. I thought we had uh, shades of the, the recent Olympics, but I just, I don't know, man. The fucking Wade Graham, always, every time we play him, he, he's always a veteran. He's a, move. He's a he's pretty good player, there. Wade Graham. you got to respect him. Oh, yeah, I know that, but. You know, he's probably like, my favorite non heel I have to say, Wade Graham. I like him. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I thought we we'll, look after the first try. I thought we were going to run away for and like I'm talking like twenty nil in the wet, which is like you know fifty nil on the dry track, and it's just I don't know. Like I'm not going to say they were prepared for the wet weather because like, we did all right. We were kicking early in behind, but surely, man, they just they got lucky. They got look, look the try they scored. It was going dead up until the last bounce, and then <laughs> got held up in the bloody um the dam over there. It's just I just thought Nathan Brown. I said in the Discord, I think Dylan Brown and Wet Weather Football is like a duck taken to water. I don't know if it's because he's like an eel taken to water. <laughs> yeah, but sometimes eels can go on land and they, you know, they're a bit slow and you know lethargic. But <laughs> like I don't know if you know. I think Voss said it with Sean Johnson. Like the Kiwis love the you know the wet tracks and it just suited him. And he's running. He's still like he he lost no speed. He lost no strength in the no footing. And I just thought it was brilliant. You know, not his. I'm not going to say it was his most flashiest game, but it was a very solid game from him. And I thought Nathan Brown, the other Brown brother, I just thought, you know, he was running the same speed, as, as I said, with uh, Dylan Brown. He didn't lose yeah. his speed at all. And- uh, in a game where the forwards are obviously on a heavy track, and I, yeah. I think I made reference that it was so heavy that even Maccabi Diva would have struggled, um, Nathan Brown looked like he was just running on normal field. Just uh, the leg speed was insane. He, he was so good. And he was shifting his, like he's shifting his body weight. So it's like as if, I don't know if he had extra long cleats or something, but like I just... I just thought him and Brown were our two best, and it was just great to finally get the result. Like, um, there's a couple stupid calls, you know, like, first off, the elephant in the room, Fergo's lollipop pass, whatever <laughs> the fuck you call it. Like, and then Junior, there's no career in Junior, there's no career, football career for Junior. He had a heavy touch. Literally, he could have just <laughs> trapped it. Like, I don't know if West Ham is calling for him, Hamish. Yeah, but, um, um, he, he's, no, he's no Cristiano Ronaldo, I'll tell you what. <laughs> that first yeah. touch was not there. Yeah, but other than that, um, Wonga Blake was all right. Uh, Moses finally kept his feet. I don't know. If, I think he was like 101 to keep his feet that game. But yeah, it was, I was just happy we got the dub once again. Move on to next week and forget that we played that, that top of the game. Tim? I, um, y- you brought up the mistakes that we made. And I think one that went by without much notice was uh, Mitchell Moses. We had a lot of sustained pressure on the Sharks. I think it was after the Dylan Brown try, I'm going to say. Yeah, and he, he fumbles that catch and then panics into a kick, right? Yeah, on the second tackle and, you know, yes, it's repeat sets, but I just thought in that time, if he gets it, takes a tackle, and then we complete that set, and then the ball's going to go into the end goal. Like, 
we got into the end goal the past two times. It was going to go in the end. Whereas even if the play comes off, say it goes through the legs and we get into the end goal, we kicked on the third the set before, so that only made three tackles. That only made two tackles then. What's the point of giving them another break defensively, like another 30-second break defensively, when they, when we could make them tackle a whole set and then get in the end goal? And there's always a chance to try in the two. I just didn't think at the time, even if it did come off, I don't think that was the right play. I thought that shifted because we were just... We were on top with the Sharks, not looking like they were going to come up, come back out. And then the ball uh, rebounds off Moylan. He runs 50 metres upfield. His only contribution to the game, but it was a big one. <laughs> yeah, and I just thought, if that doesn't happen, I think we do go on 20, 20 points. It's similar to like if you get a, a set restart on tackle one, there's not much damage done. But if you get on the fifth tackle or the fourth tackle, you know, like it takes a lot because the next six tackles are like, we're not taking, as you said, we're not, Using it, taking, we're not building as much pressure. We're trying to score. Yeah. So we should just like, even, what's so hard about getting tackle? I know I'm just a simple human, you know, I'm not a rugby league player, but just take the tackle. You're and the same thing. With, human? <laughs> <laughs> listen here. Uh, we listen, this is not, not eight o'clock, not 8.30 yet. But, you know, like even Sivo, when he, no, who was it? No, Moses, when he made that break, just go in field. Like, why yeah. are you, like, I know you have flashes back every time that great try against West Tigers. I'll never forget that, by the way. 51-6, apparently. Um, even Siva, he made a break. Just take the tackle. Don't be kick-happy. This is wet weather football. Take the tackle. Make the run. Tie them out. That's yeah, exactly. it. If that Sivo runs, another perfect example. That was only third tackle. Sivo steps off his left there, tackled on the fourth. We get a quick play of the ball. We're on the front foot against a retreating defensive line in the wet. Same with Moses. Step off the right foot, come back in. Because yeah. he was never going to get the pass away to Wunga Blake. Because yeah. Wunga, as soon as he passed the ball to Wunga Blake, Johnson would have tackled him. So step off the right, come in. Even if you only ran 50 metres, come back in, make, take the tackle, and then we can play on from... Yeah, sometimes you just got to... Especially because Dill does it well. Whenever a pass goes a bit astray or he fumbles it, he takes a tackle. He doesn't to pass it or get it or put someone else. He just takes a tackle, I think, a little bit from Dill there. Consolidate. Take the get a play of the We don't have to score. We don't have to. Easiest and safest option. Let's have a look at the stats. Uh, try scorers, Dill Brown, Kane Evans. Mitch Moses, two from two conversions and one from one penalty goal. Possession, 49-51 in favour of Sharks. Completion rate, 75% to 76% for the Sharks. Uh, all runs, Sharks had an extra 29 runs. They also had an extra 70 metres. Uh, line breaks, Eels 5-2. to two. Tackle breaks, Eels winning that 25-22. to 22. Uh, average play of the ball speed, atrocious, 4.07 seconds to the Sharks, 3.3 seconds. Uh, we've lost that every time this year, so that trend continues. Uh, then on to force dropouts, Eels 6, Sharks 3. Kick defusal, 92% to the Sharks and 83% to the Eels. Uh, then having a look at effective tackles, tackles made. We made an extra 22 tackles. We only had 22 missed to the Sharks, 25. Uh, then errors, the big one there, 15 to the Eels, 10 to the Sharks. But penalties conceded, Sharks 7, Eels 2, and ruck infringements 4, 6 against, uh, given by the Sharks, 2 by the Eels. Uh, interchange, we only used 7, Sharks only used 6, but they had 2 HIAs. Um, so on the back of all of those stats, I guess the big one was the errors. Um, but one thing, 40, you, you mentioned with 60s this week is that Gutho, zero errors uh, for the fullback in that prime position. Um, after coming up with a, a bit of an innocuous drop against the Bulldogs last week, um, he did really well this week, I have to say. Yeah, obviously, hugely testing conditions. And I think the only, like the one that you could maybe fault him for was the 
uh, I think you you pointed out in the post game, Fred, where it was Wade Green that knocked it on in that contest for that kick um, right on the goal line, and the sort of referee missed it somehow. But that was like the only one kick that he did, like, didn't defuse perfectly. So he was very tidy at the back, which is everything you can ask for from your fullback in those sort of conditions. Yeah, definitely. Um, Ferguson, again, it's already been made. He had a couple of shockers, um, a couple of Barry Crockers. Um, uh, I mean, but again, but, still doing the dog work. Like, And some, um, of those, some of those runs were really good. It should be noted that he had a couple of like big half breaks through the middle. So yes, that Harbour Bridge pass was dog shit, but, <laughs> but um, he did do some good work. And yeah, Maker Sevo, he's got to get back to just doing that hard work, rucking it out of our end. Yeah. Um, the last couple of weeks, you know, I, I think you mentioned it on your your pub with sixties for the Cumberland throw. Yeah. Uh, that Fergo has pretty much double that work rate. So. Yeah, and obviously uh, Mike is yeah. a very special talent when it comes to finishing off tries. But like you said, sometimes the ball just can't get to him just because of the way the flow of the game goes, as we've seen against the Dogs and and this week with the weather. And you just got to go looking for it, haven't you? Just get your get your hands dirty and sort of tuck it under your arms and grind it out. Could be a reason why. Um, has he got a bit of an injury and he's carrying something? Because just looking at his stats, and pre- he did have that ankle thing a couple of weeks ago. If you're or, or that knee thing against the the against Manly, that's true. Uh, yeah, he did, he did get up very gingerly at the end of that game with the Brad Parker shot in his knee. Yeah. Yeah, so perhaps that might be a little carryover. But then again, Ferguson's dealing with troublesome knee and he's still getting through the workload. Um, and one thing on from that, perhaps the reason Fergo uh, is still on uh, a duck egg um, is that he's doing all that hard work and he's just gassing himself where he can't get into <laughs> position to get up and contest those balls in the red zone, whereas Sibos, uh pretty fresh up that end of the field. Maybe. But also, I don't think we're kicking right for Fergo. I reckon with the new rules, if we land it right on the try line, he's going to take the ball. He's going to that good in the end. Well, he got pretty close this week, um, but a bat back by the Sharks. Was it Mulatalo? Or- yeah, uh, it would have been. No, Mulatalo was up against that left edge, so it was yeah, Katoa. Katoa. So that yeah, was Katoa a just savvy, savvy bit of um, football IQ there, knowing that the clock was expiring. So you just volleyball spiked that ball out the back. Yeah, that's two weeks in a row where we've put in a kick, which has resulted in a line dropout um, and the halftime siren sounding before the, the dropout occurs. <laughs> Um, so, um, not not the worst thing to do, but still, um, maybe have a think about just running the ball at that point. Um, anything else? I, I I don't really take much out of this game. It was played in played in monsoon conditions. Yeah, I mean, I I labelled it a back to basics win because I don't think it was a perfect game by any measure. As we've spoken with Ham and Birdie and yourself, pointing out some of the big issues that we had individually and as a team. But for the last sort of month, we'll be waiting for this team to get right. And we've won four from five, I want to say, if you go back to the Newcastle game with just the Manly game being the one we dropped. and Yeah, that's it. And we've, we've had our issues in every win. And then, like I said, we weren't perfect by any measure yesterday, but um, we had a game plan and we executed to it for the vast majority of that game. And then most importantly, when it got to that last 15 minutes where it was in the crucial moments of the game, Cronulla was sort of getting desperate and we just went on lockdown. Every carry, you could see the boys, the boys, the boys, the boys had... um got both arms securely around that ball. We're making sure mentally not to make any mistakes getting up to playing the ball. Our playmakers sort of took control and were kicking nicely. And it was just good to see us, you know, prioritise that game plan perfectly in that in that last phase of the game. Don't know about you, gents, but I've just got this sense of calmness towards that last 15 minutes of the game where, yeah. you know, you just think that we're not going to drop these close games if we've got a lead. Um, and I know the outliers being the Roosters, but they were a class above in that last 20 minutes. 
And then the Manly game, we got behind real early and, you know, we were chasing points the whole game. But in those other close games that we've played with a small lead, um, you just there's an air of confidence in the players that they can hold on to it. They can run down the clock, whether it's 10 minutes, whether it's 15 minutes. Um, they're going to hold the ball. Uh, they're going to do their best uh, to run out the clock. Um, and especially with Moses back in the team now, uh, able to game manage those uh, crucial minutes. I agree. I agree 100%. You know, I think the only time that the Sharks looked like scoring um, to go ahead in that final part was when um, Moylan kicked a crossfield, which, you know, a bit random. Like, if we force the opposition's hand, they're not going to just sort of like a last ditch effort, a Hail Mary for them that looked like they were going to score. So, one. Just quickly, one player I wanted to give a very short shout-out to was Reed Marnie, who I thought in the conditions managed to re-elevate his sort of service to the standards that he would hold himself to, whereas in the last couple of weeks we've been critical of him for struggling to find the mark as he gets fatigued. I think that in, in probably the most testing conditions you're ever going to get as a dummy half, there were very few errant passes. Yeah, also a shout-out to Sean Lane. I thought he yeah, played a really good game, good game, and you could see the... They've got a lot of trust in him on that left edge to to throw that cutout ball or to yep. tuck it under the arm or to run those different yeah, variations. They, so the 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 responsibilities he's given, I don't think any other back rower in the competition is entrusted with because they use him as a as a halfback essentially down that edge. They'll give him the the early ball and give him the look, and based on whatever look he sees, he can make a read and whether he's going to tuck it and run, do that little hit and spin like roll out to the left, or if he's going to take it to the line and find an option inside. So. Yeah, um, the, the numbers weren't gaudy, but the actual impact was fantastic. Yeah, I'd like to see um, Jenko. There was a few times there where Lane got his left arm free with the ball. If Jenko's running back on the inside there, he breaks through and scores. So, you know, those runs were 20 metres out or so. So if Jenko gets it, so I reckon yeah, look, uh, either Jennings or Dill should be really following Lane on those runs. He's given early ball. And, you know, decides to run. Getting those, as Forty puts it, go-go gadget arms out. <laughs> yes, um, They're pretty big. <laughs> all right. Did we have anything to say about that game? Uh, the Johnny Manor Cup uh, coming back to Parramatta this year. Um, after, well, it was split 50-50 last year against the Sharks. We got them early and then they walloped us in the return match. Yeah. So who who held it before that? Because the winner goes to whoever held it. Uh, Sharks. Sharks, there you go. So, yeah, get the Johnny Manor Cup back. And unfortunately, it was a bit of an afterthought this year, given all the, the COVID sort of stuff that's been going around, and neither club could really pump it up the way they would usually. But yeah, nice to have that bit of silver in the cabinet. Um, I Just looking at the team list, I mean, I thought Murata near Corey was pretty good. Uh, Kane Evans was pretty good. So um, Murata definitely was used better this week as that bench, uh, or bench, as that starting edge back rower. So yeah, um, good from the boys. Stoney did all right when he came on. Yeah. That energy. And I'm, Mate, he can tackle. He, he certainly tackle. He can cut him down, can't they? And the other player that can cut him down, and we've already praised him lavishly for being the best player in the park, was Dylan Brown because the work he did on Talakai. Even like, Ramian. Those, like Ramian's a ball, and he managed to tackle him a lot. You know, so. Yeah, he just does not care who it is and how big they are. He will cut him down. And Ray Stone's cut in the same cloth. He, <laughs> he has a a vigour to his tackling approach that you just don't see from other players. He just relishes the contact and laying guys out in their ass. You can tell every time he goes to make a tackle, his job, put him on their back, get them on the ground, get them on the ground. He's always grabbing the legs, pulling them out. like it's and, just- and it is worth noting that Brad Arthur rushed Ray Stone back into the team. So they obviously value what he is bringing off the bench. Sorry, I've just got a small child here pressing <laughs> an unmute button. Um, all right, well, I think that'll wrap up the chat there for our round 12 match against the Sharks. And we'll move on to a little bit of the news. Um, 
Give me one sec. Um, we have some elevated music. Yeah. <laughs> wait, I can. I can wait one sec. One sec. Let me get on this. Hold on, guys. If you if you want to jump into the news, and I'll be back in five. Take it away, forty. Wait, wait for the drop. I got I got an hour of this queued up, baby. All right, but on on that bombshell, let's get to the actual news articles while our glorious leader deals with his um small problem at home. So kicking it off, good news, uh, Brad Arthur, a little baby extension. So he re-signs up until the end of 2022. So that he was only off contract until the end of 2021. So just a little baby extension. What do we think of that, boys? I like it. You know, you look at, um, I don't think there's many coaches out there that would improve the team. The players seem to like him. Um, he's doing well and will make him a uh, longest serving Eels coach. So um, hopefully the players in the club can reward him with a premiership. Now, Tactically, I suppose from the negotiation standpoint, who do you think was pushing for the the small side of the extension? O'Neill, I reckon, because you look who's off contract in twenty twenty one. You've got Wayne Bennett, you got uh, uh, Bellamy, and to a degree Madge. So any team that's looking for a coach, if they don't get any of those three, or well, I'll be trying, you know, we'll be trying for Bellamy and Bennett, but then Brad Arthur should be up there. And if they don't get their target. He's off contract. And I mean, just- you make sense, but I do wonder just from a, the sort of the financials of it, given how COVID is impacting both the club and the NRL on macro and micro levels at you know unprecedented rates. I do wonder if Brad was just sort of just locking up for one year and allowing yeah. allowing himself to sort of the flexibility to post that big finals result and then maybe come back to the table. I don't know, but either way, yeah, exactly. It's it's definitely. A, it's definitely a positive from both perspectives. I yeah. think you're right, Bertie. But for us, I think like for the club, I think it's a much bigger because um, we know how clubs can get desperate and start going for coaches. That's why. So it's better to lock your, lock your man down and keep him um, extended. Like that's what you know. That's why. So yeah, so fantastic. And I mean, there's a huge coaching merry-go-round happening in the NRL right now. So the fact that we've stopped another club from getting the jump on us and poaching the guy that's rebuilt this club from the ashes to a you know veritable premiership powerhouse is good. And um. On that note, let's move forwards because, as we mentioned in the podcast last week, and I, I, forgot, I think we forgot to mention it in the actual game review, but it was Quinton Gufferson's 100th Parramatta NRL cap. So he had his 100th overall NRL cap a few weeks back, um, having played, was it five games or six games for Manly? Five. So five, there you go. So um, up against the Cronulla Sharks on the weekend, he brings up his 100th game as a Parramatta Eel, and he's capped in probably about half of those, I'd say. So he's been thrown into the uh, fire from an early point um, at the Eels, and he's certainly risen um, far and above, and um, you know, if we talk about the old Randy Savage, you talk about the groom always rises to the top, eh? But um, that was a terrible, right Randy, terrible Randy Savage voice. I, did I can't a, believe he only played five games, for, you know, less than ten games for Manly. I thought he played uh, two, three. He, he sort of, like, he sort of had got, he played, played, got hurt, and then played, got hurt, and then sort of came to us. So, if you remember that first uh, couple of games playing on the wing, yeah. <laughs> oh. uh, it, there wasn't much love for uh, poor old Gutho back in those days, but then uh, he's been a bit of a mix to fix it, hasn't he, in 2016 playing in the halves. Um, still remember that try he scored against the Dragons, um, where I think we scored uh, within the first minute or so, I think. was Ru- Russell Packer was at the Dragons at one point, wasn't he? Was, he was, yes. yes. That's From memory, he knocked it off off the kickoff, yeah, and then we spread uh, to the right and Gutho was over in, an, in under a minute. Yeah. <laughs> In our defence, he did have a shitty haircut when he came to the club, so <laughs> there wasn't anything uh, kind of fun. He was the second fastest try of all time at that time. <laughs> Thanks, Kirasomi. Yeah. 
Uh, Reese Robinson has scored the fastest, and then obviously Avaa against Melbourne, yeah, oh, Melbourne Brisbane, jeez. But uh, you know what a credit to a guy that has overcome some significant adversity when it comes to injuries, and now he's kicked down the door to state of origin selection. And that's not to say he'll be picked for the Blues this year when the season wraps up, but he, alongside I think Ryan Pappenhusen, have really put their hands up as that sort of super sub on the bench. And uh, if you want, we've in the show notes. There's the letter from Clint Gutherson for his hundredth Eels game. Um, I couldn't do it justice by reading it out, but if you want, you can go have a read there. Um, that's really all the news, isn't there? Other than and WhatsApp being the uh, new <laughs> leading source of NRL news. Oh, yeah, so um, we, we won't partake in those, you know, sort of I suppose slanderous <laughs> goings on from WhatsApp. But I'm just trying to think: was there any other major NRL news? I mean, there was all the COVID, just the COVID the breaches. COVID, really. COVID breaches um, Whew. Nothing else related though. Stefano, oh. he's uh, he's kept his head down. We, we mentioned, uh, did we mention last week there was talk about the Warriors poking around Kane Evans? I, uh, I don't think we did, but there, there was like I a, think that seems little... to be a done deal at this point, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, which is unfortunate if that's the case. But you know, Parramatta cannot match the offer that the Warriors be able to throw towards Kane if that is the case. So not official by any means. So maybe something can still happen, but yeah. So do we go looking for another um, prop, or do we? Just bring up. I, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if we went out and sort of looked for not either either a veteran or some sort of experience, more experienced first grade option. But I think that the club will be looking to accelerate the development of Sam Hughes and David Hollis. So but also, what happens now with uh, Penny Terrapo? Like, what if he? Is he well, still as it, as it stands, well, Penny, we don't really know. We haven't been given the access to whatever's happened to him, so I'm sort of going to respect that in regards to both him and the club. Um, but I think even if we didn't go without another signing right now, you've still got a middle rotation of Oregon and Murata. And if that means that Murata's expansion, like roles within the team get expanded to more minutes, that's not a bad thing. Because then that means that Ray Stone can be that uh, Nathan Brown deputy instead of Murata. So that we've got options still. Davey on the benches. Yeah, exactly. And that obviously frees up a chance with um, Andrew Davey to stick in the team. The one the player I mentioned on the Discord, the one player I think that we might be able to go after if he's sort of out of, out of favour at his club, Britton Nakora. Oh, He's um, you know, he's, I think he might be out of favour at the Sharks. I'm not. He was he was dropped this week, so he's definitely on the. I wouldn't say he's on the outer, but he's out of favour. Did see a cheeky Dragon Ball Z dance, the fusion dance. <laughs> yeah. so I like that. I mean, the, like he, he's a talented player, but just for the memes, you got to do it, haven't you? Near Cora and Nakora. Yeah, and the thing is, you know, you say to him like. You're going to have a bench. Well, you're going to be behind Lane and Madison. You can prove yourself. You what? Know, you're going to be coming to a to prove yourself. You'll be playing. You'll be be, be essentially to taking near Corey's spot on the bench. You know, you can tell him you'll be playing that hybrid middle edge role. The chance you start. So he's also young. I suppose the the other name that we can talk about that isn't part of the WhatsApp stuff happening at Brisbane. Junior. Yeah, old TPJ. It's the Sydney City Roosters. So he's obviously a favourite to go, favourite to go join Uncle Nick. But in the event that that falls through, Brad Arthur loves a reclamation project, and TPJ's got that talent in buckets. Um, and he's probably, we've had a couple of bad boys around, haven't we? Yeah, Nathan Brown. Uh, uh, June, uh, June's had his he? run-ins in the past with um, some unsavory crowd. Uh, uh, who, who was the one um, uh, Danny, that had the drug tra- charges? Yeah, Danny. Danny Wicks. Uh, Wicks. Yeah, Danny Wicks. Yeah. Uh, Manu Ma'u and Kenny Evans obviously had checkered pass that Brad managed to make the most off their NRL career. So, look, we, we've certainly turned a player's um, life around more than once with Brad Arthur helping guide them on the footy park. So, uh, oh, sorry, my mic dropped out. I don't want to say we should rush out and sign TPJ, but maybe one to monitor just because of the fact that he does have the talent and he does have the aggression that we do love in our forwards. And, yes, he's got the sort of the rocks and diamonds 
ability to do a silly thing in a game, but you know, we've dealt with worse. So maybe let's just say let's just say he's a massive fan of Brad Arthur like I am recently. Um <laughs> does he what come to the bench? Does he go in the straight in, straight into the starting spot? Like who like how does I mean, it how do you the way the way I'd sell it is that he'd be your superstar sub. And that at Parramatta, our bench forwards are every bit as important as our starting forwards. And that might not win him over because in you know in the NRL starting is a perceived as a much higher position of importance than the bench. But as yeah. we talk about in the pod, we know that the bench is so important to swing the, the flow of a game. So I don't know. I mean, the, there is the element of you know coming to Parramatta and, and chasing a ring and being one of the guys that helps break the duck egg, helps break the streak. So I, I don't know if that will sway him, but he's obviously you know fairly close to Uncle Nick, so that's probably where he ends up. Somebody tells me the Roosters are the best fit because their lawyer can get anyone off. So that is a, a fantastic joke. point. Uh. Yeah. Um, oh, sorry. The one big story we missed uh, from the news, uh, West Tigers, uh, their honesty oh, session yesterday. We, I, 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 also, I do want to report another big piece of news. So you go first, sir. The honesty session. That's, that's all I had. Oh, you get, a, you get mean, an honesty yeah. session. We get an honesty session. We all get honesty sessions. I mean, I, I, I want to go switch, just swing back to the TPJ thing for a, a, a second. We might be forced to go recruit him, you know, because we, we talk about bad boys, but Junior Paul, just, you know, he's facing 17 years. For for trying to um, you know uh, push through 900 kilos of cocaine. So oh, then the other big thing that was of the off season junior rugby league. Bloody those filthy Penrith brothers uh, knifing up our good Parramatta boys. What the hell is going on there? Yeah, so some crazy stuff there allegedly. at the old the old sales allegedly. Yards. Sorry, Parramatta, allegedly Parramatta's old training facilities. So there was a some sort of knife battle going on between Penrith brothers and the. Wenty boys, and I think there was alleged that the Penrith brothers were the ones that had the knife. So, ugh. who brings a knife to a football game? Well, good question. my understanding is there was an argument on the field, and then it spilled over, um, and then in the car park after, or, or away from the field, um, the Penrith brothers were like, "Come over here, come over here," and one had gone to his car and, and shivved a knife allegedly oh uh, up his uh, jacket pocket, and then pulled it and started uh, stabbing. Uh, but apparently that person that was charged allegedly had uh, was on bail already oh my God. Uh, for previous uh, offences. I can't remember if they were a stabbing nature or, or just and, uh, fisticuffs. And just to be clear, the uh, Junior Polo that is alleged to have uh, smuggled 900 kilos of cocaine is not Junior Polo that is actively playing fields. It's the senior Junior Polo, not the junior Junior Polo, um, the one that was born in 1983. Does he play uh, rugby union for Parramatta? No, he, he played rugby. Nah. For, he played rugby for, league for Parramatta at one point. Junior Paul, the old one. Um, round thirteen, other matches. Dragons. <laughs> oh shit! Dragons sixteen. <laughs> Roosters twenty four. That, that was a great game. It was two in there. We saw oh, the West Tigers. Actually, we saw the West Tigers lose another game. That's always good. What did you think about Dragons Roosters though? I thought it was the, a thoroughly entertaining game. I, actually, I would be so. I'd be tearing my hair out if I was a Dragons fan right now. They've been in every game up to the eyeballs lately. And just dumb shit. <laughs> it's just do they do stupid things? They don't close out games, and it was an entertaining game for sure. But uh, yeah, they I don't know where, where would you put the dragons because obviously it emerged this week that Mary McGregor does not have anywhere near full control of the team. He doesn't have uh, control over team selections. You yeah. just wonder if that's Mary that's putting that out from his well, side true, of the camp. <laughs> true, but you also have Benny Elias on three sixty coming out, sort of praising. Uh, how Shane Flanagan's been handed all these extra responsibilities, even though that's really starting to blur the line as to what he's allowed to do legally under the NRL stipulations. So I don't know. The, 
the dragons are in a weird spot. And what about that trip by the uncle? Oh, that Jeez was that Christ. was ugly. Josh Reynolds, yeah. eat your heart out. Luke, Luke Keery, understandably, was not happy with that. He looked back of a real dirty gum gaze at, uh, I'm not sure who it was that did it. Jackson Ford. Jackson Ford, yeah. Uh, but that, that's. Died. I, I just, I don't understand. <laughs> to me, a trip, anyways, a send off. But how yeah. is that not like instant from the referee? Well, there was a couple of incidents on the weekend, wasn't there? Um, Heverington, uh, who was the other one? There was another. Oh, uh, in, the, in, the Melbourne, yeah. in the Melbourne Storm game, Luke Lachlan Lewis. There was a couple yeah. of. Um, you know, borderline send-off moments, wasn't there? Back when referees made decisions because they were backed by their boss and there wasn't all this scrutiny. If there was even a high tackle, it'd be sent straight to sent straight off. Like not even no questions about it. Now it's like, oh, it was a high tackle, but I don't want to influence the game, so you're only going to be put on, and then mm-hmm. someone else can deal with it. No referees, they need to get this crap out of the game. Like Jackson Ford came across using a, a soccer football term, studs up. Yeah. Like, that's dangerous. So who, dangerous. Who was the last one that got sent off, like, fully? Someone got sent off with a couple of minutes left this year. It was, like, completely moot point, I think. Um, I can't the only one I remember, the last one I remember is the the guy who played for the Storm against the Raiders when he kicked the guy in the scrum. Ben Cross, I think it was. <laughs> or Brett White. That, that's how long ago it was. I don't remember anyone getting yeah. sent off. You look at, I can't remember who the referee was in the game, but the game where we beat the Sharks 74-4. to he sent off David Peachy just for mouthing off. Yeah. Now, when you actually watch it, compared to what the players get away with now, Peachy basically did nothing. Yeah, then so. again, Moses, he, he was blown up deluxe when he thought the, 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 the not, Dylan Brown the terror <laughs> was, was ref, coming back. The ref was like, no, I'm not, I'm not penalising you or taking, I'm calling knock on. There's a player that is concussed. I need to stop playing. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, and, to be, and, and on that point, we did, we talked about the refs being undermined by their boss. Graham Asley did come out and clear both Parramatta's awesome tight head uh, against the feed and that knockback call as being the correct cause on the field. So, um, And sort of he made the point that he feels the refs shouldn't be less trigger-happy when it comes to those knockbacks that are knock – the knock-ons that they call that are knockbacks on those ones that go behind. So, yeah. Did you uh, mention anything about the Ronaldo try that was half a half – a- No, four passes against Parramatta are all out, so they never talk about those. Uh, and then all right, second about game. All the, what about Come all the on, Shark supporters having a cry about – uh, offside, and then he doesn't even ground the ball anyway. Like, well, the, and we once again we go back to our game. But how good was it seeing Dylan punish the Sharks for cheating offside down that yeah. edge of the big dummy? Oh, Moreland should have got it sent off. He had three warnings. I'm not sent off. Simbin, like, yeah. come on. And back to the NRL game, Sammy. On a round 13 match, the Warriors getting over the dirty Sea Eagles, 26 to 22. Good. Fantastic game. I hope, and we, I've, we've spoken about this before in prior games, I hope that the 2020 season is the making of the New Zealand Warriors. That sort of forged and fire, backs to the war stuff that they can take and build a real playing culture around. Because what they've done is amazing. That's been so good. I know that the wins aren't always beautiful, but given their personnel issues with injuries and, and players having to go back home and whatnot – just awesome. It is it is inspirational stuff. Now, I, I don't want to, you know, make too much of it, but uh, two Eels players come into the Warriors undefeated, uh, a week baby. ago and they're undefeated. George Jennings, um, the arguable man of the match on the field. He was awesome. He uh, plays uh, so uh, well. Uh, you go on, sorry. Daniel Alvaro, forward leader, got, what, 10 minutes, something? I think he gave away about three six seconds. Yeah, in that <laughs> was, I mean, it wasn't the greatest showing for Daniel. Georgia, however, did have a very good game. That, um, he plays so well I, I don't in, know. in any jersey by the Neils one. He I, plays so well for He, he did. I mean, George has done pretty good for us. It's easy to forget the, the errors and the negatives, but George, in terms of work rate and effort, has always been fantastic for us. Um, I don't know how he scored that try, though. It was like 
sort of Benny Hill music, four seagulls just went straight past him. He sort of stood still and then died. Oh, that was over. the other trip. Apparently, Elliot stuck a foot out, but I remember that now. All right, then on to Friday night, Rabbitohs 28, Broncos 10. Um, bit of a flat affair. I, after I, I switched the, this game off. It was just boring. Yeah, after all the barbs that had previously been thrown, <laughs> there wasn't too much heat in this one. Yeah, Broncos not really firing a shot. And South doing what they've done all year, beating the lesser teams but not really punching up to the better teams. Then I missed this game, but Storm 41, Bulldogs 10. <laughs> I not much more to say on that. Um, the Dogs had chances in this game. I watched this game and it was on the Sunshine Coast and obviously I referenced the Lachlan Lewis potential send-off call where I think it, it probably was unlucky to even be Simbin because I thought the heavy contact was on the chest and it just like immediately ricocheted up straight into the chin and absolutely destroyed Munster. Um, yeah, I think the Dogs had a real crack here to upset the Storm and just couldn't do it. And the big news out of this was that Cameron Munster re-injured that uh, knee, MCL, so he is now scheduled to miss our upcoming game against the Melbourne Storm, whereas I think Cameron Smith is due back. So they'll, they'll be at half Cameron strength. No, or two to three weeks. Oh, well, the initial projections so the potential were... potential for Smith to be yeah, out the, as well. The, the initial projections were Smith was back for our game. And knowing our luck in terms of opposition selections, he would be back. Then Newcastle, 44, West Tigers, 4. Fantastic showing from the Knights. On your Ponga. I knew you could do it. Dong is out for Ponga. <laughs> <laughs> oh, imagine Blake Green. Imagine losing to Blake... Green two weeks in a row. Seriously, just fold the club. Just fold the club right now. Um, That's a Harry Grantless Tigers. Harry oh. Grantless Tigers, and I missed it. But in the preview uh, of the game, apparently Magic gotten in a the halftime spray before the game. So he absolutely torn into his players before the board even kicked off, and they responded the way he thought they would. Jeez, um, I mean, we spoke about the Tigers at length this year. Um, they're in a huge hole, and I don't know where they're going to go. I made a tweet. Go, I made a tweet. Imagine Harry Grant's your best player, right? He's the third-rated hooker at his original club, and he doesn't play, and you get beat by 40. I don't see he's cheering now saying, Harry, Harry, like, Jesus, Tigers. They just find a way to get me happy every day. Not dirty. That doesn't sound dirty, but you know what I mean. Uh, no, I was going to say, 40, uh, you don't know where the Tigers are going. Well, I, I think I know where Madge is going, and that's the North Queensland. move up north. <laughs> the tropics, baby. Yep. Uh, aside from that, uh, I don't know. For Newcastle, obviously Pong was very good. Um, I didn't mind the work but done by Herman SASA. I thought he had a pretty decent game. Um, young Phoenix Crossland was pretty good uh, in that sort of bench role. And, yeah, they just that was way too good. Even I mean, the Knights were so good that even a player like Gehamet Shibasaki, who's been panned widely, had a fantastic game. So Panthers 28, Raiders 12. Oh, the controversial managed game. <laughs> Yeah, that's about all there is coming out of it. Wasn't yeah, I mean, it? Panthers, yeah. Panthers were good, um, and you know they've, they've been they've been they've been very good for a while. And that that's the only real criticism, isn't it, Ham? Is that they're probably peaking too early? Can they maintain the rage for? Because you got seven, like two more months of regulation season, you've got to go hard for, and then you've got another month of sudden death footy. So that's a lot of football. I think they're going out to blow every team off the park. Mm. They they're used to being blown off the park. But now they're blowing being no, that was bad. No, but it's just, I, see, I, see, I see them like they had that defensive stand early on, which was really good. They did well to keep the Raiders out. But then it seemed like everything. Whereas I look at the Roosters, I look at the Storm, I look at us to an extent. But I'm going to pick stay with the Storm and the Roosters. Well, because they're they're proven commodities, right? Exactly it. They're doing just enough. They're doing the bare minimum to get over the line and do it as the Panthers. To me, seem like they're just trying to put everything out on the particle game. He said, it's a long season, there's no buys, and we're still two months away from finals. We want to be up. So 
you know, I reckon you'll start seeing the Storm and the Roosters probably about, you know, probably for the Storm, the game against us, they'll start putting in more and then they'll ramp up into finals. I think it's what maybe we're playing, hit the Storm game, start raising our intensity and then we just go on from there into the Panthers all time and season. I hope They've been pretty blessed with uh, with injuries. I know they had the Capewell uh, early in the season, um, but really beyond that, they've had some of their outside backs come in and out, but... Um, and they had Appy Corusau, who was meant to be out for three weeks. He was only out for one. Yeah, um, exactly. But yeah, they, they haven't had any big injuries, and usually the law of averages says um, that, uh, unfortunately, there might be one coming in the in the last eight weeks of the season. Yeah. Maybe and- Cleary should manage them, you know, like <laughs> – just take them, take it easy for now, and well, that's, that's going to be the big. That's going to be the big question for all the top coaches now: is roster management for the next two months. Um, you know, I think we'll get to it later, but Parramatta sort of signaled a potential roster management move down the road with some of the one of their selections this week. So it's going to be interesting. Titans thirty, Cowboys ten. Yeah, the yeah the tits. So <laughs> the Cowboys suck. The Titans are the best Queensland team. What time one do we live in? I mean, they are, and they still suck just, too. <laughs> I mean, yes, that that it's easy to lose. It's easy to lose sight of that, isn't it? But um, Holbrook is doing a good job, but the Titans are not a top team by any measure. I think we've got more wins than all Queensland. Yikes. My maths is correct. Long live the fog. <laughs> any legend. Um, but yeah, uh, Proctor playing himself into a West Tigers uh, big upgrade. Oh, that was that was a sensational try, sis. you got to give credit where it's due. That was awesome seeing him full, full stretch over the, the dead ball line, bat it back. Yeah, it was fantastic. There was one of those in Origin from from memory um, ages yeah, ago. GI did one for Australia. Oh, yeah, that's Zealand. what I was thinking. Of. And yep. then there might there might have been one in Origin too because just that feat of laying yourself out at full speed is so impressive. And that was the last game, but for our game, which was the last of the round, I hate I hate being that. Yeah, o'clock. it sucks. It does suck. <laughs> Although I have to say, uh, I'm actually enjoying watching the Channel Nine commentary um, compared to Fox, uh, especially for Sunday's game. Um, you know, Brandy and, and oh. um, old mate. Uh, it's a bit uh, yeah. mind Voss, Voss, Brandy and whatnot. It's just not a great combination. Uh, especially for Eels games because, uh, you know, Brandy, it's just painful. Uh, it's good that he still hates us all this so much. So many years old, it's fantastic. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, uh, that about wraps up the other game chat. Uh, the only other thing, sorry, was the women, so I didn't get that up. Uh, New South Wales RL. Well, just while we're doing that, is, were there any big moves and shakers in the ladder this week? Sharks, 8th place, Manly ninth, West Tigers, 10th, so natural order's not quite there yet. Um, dogs still anchored to the bottom. Top three, still us. So I don't think there were any significant changes to the ladder this week. Oh, there was one bit of news. Oh. Um, beautiful bow. What the frig are you doing, mate? Oh, oh. on the opposition. That's a, big, that's a big no-no, isn't it? Even if there was no COVID stuff going around for things like hepatitis and all the other blood conditions, that is just a huge no-no. Yeah, bow. You used to be my beautiful bow. What's happened, mate? <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. My beautiful bow. <laughs> Funnily enough, my uh, my uh, sister just had a, a baby, and they called him Bo. Um, I don't know if uh, it might have been uh, might have been after Bo Henry, but I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> it, it always is in my heart. <laughs> um, the women's uh, Wentworth Bill Magpies team uh, they went down thirty to nil to the Bears. Uh, unfortunately, they uh, seem like they're. Uh, maybe a tier below some of these other teams this season uh, in that Harvey Norman Women's Premiership. From memory, is Wenty? Uh, yeah, Wenty have played in that league before. Um, yeah, fingers crossed they're going to start to pull it together. 
Um, all right, well, that wraps up that chat. Uh, let's get into the game preview. Eels in third position, taking on the Dragons, who are presently in 12th position, 12th position. They didn't even get to be April premiers this year. What's going on? Uh, yeah, <laughs> poor bastards. Yeah, this this year is um, certainly something else. Um, so taking place on the Friday night, uh, finally we don't have a Broncos game on a Friday night uh, or a Thursday night. How good. How good uh, indeed. At 7.55pm, uh, broadcast on 9KO Fox Live Pass and local listings for the uh, radio call, um, although I always usually prefer ABC Grandstand. Uh, let's have a look at the team list for... The Dragons, Matt Dufty at fullback. On the wings, Jordan Pereira and Makale Ravalawa. And then in the centres, Ewan Aiken, Zach Lomax. The halves, Corey Norman comes back into the team with Adam yes. Thurin. On your Corey. Paul, <laughs> Blake Laurie, Josh Kerr. And Ben Hunt, starting hooker. Then second row is Tyson Frizzleman-Nizzle. Tyrell Fuimei-Ono, Cameron McInnes, Captain Locke. Tristan Saylor, Kate Ellis, Corbin Sims, and Jacob Host on the bench. And extended bench is Braden Williami, Eddie Blackard, Jason Saab, and Jaden Sullivan. For the Eels, we run out with Captain Clint Gutherson at fullback. The wings, Sivo and Ferguson. In the centres, Jennings and Wanga Blake. In the halves, Dylan Brown, Mitch Moses, Prop, RCG, and Junior Paulo. Reed Marnie at hooker. Sean Lane, Ryan Madison in the second row. So the return of Maddo from that head knock. That's how you manage a player back, isn't it? Yeah, like not, not even like putting shit on the Tigers here. I, I do appreciate the Parramatta Eels doing the right thing by their players when it comes to concussions because it is such nah, a... put shit on them. Fuck the Tigers. No, no. See, the best part is if we take the high road, we still put shit on the Tigers. So, There's no but, high road when you're talking shit to the Tigers. You, <laughs> but yeah, you get but, dirty or that's it. But, I mean, yeah, I know that one of the reasons that Madison did cite eventually for his departure from that uh, the joint venture at Concord was their management towards concussions. So he's obviously got a history there, and the club has done the right thing by him, and that's important because the lingering effects and the, not just the lingering but the cumulative effects of successive concussions and short like ranges can be devastating. So glad to have Matter back because he is an absolute weapon down that right edge, and I think that the last sort of like three weeks have, I don't want to say exposed, but have shown just how much value he brings to the team offensively and defensively. So very happy to have him back. It'd be it nice to get some consistent. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, I was just going to say it fixes up two, I think of what we've lacked again in the past three weeks, that right edge defense mainly, but also um, impact off the bench. Cause you move Murata back to the bench there. So good. He's so good. Here. Like, don't get me wrong. It's been so good starting for us, whether it be, at lock or at second row, but geez, off the just to get a play that like guaranteed 100. Like, that's fantastic, but yeah. Fix two of our problems. I was gonna say, get some consistency for that right side because I think I've made the point before, but no preseason for Wonga Blake. Uh, Ferguson, of course, coming back from those uh, persistent injuries last season. Madison, new to the club, and Mitch Moses have had his history uh, injuries this season. Um, so it'd be nice to have that consistent four players on that edge so they can sort of click in and start working together when as as we're approaching finals because our right edge has uh, been uh, quite inferior to our left edge. Um, but I think with some time together in, in game situations, it might assist them get to where they need to be. At lock, Nathan Brown on the interchange bench, Raymond Stone at 14, Murata Neokore, Kane Evans and... Oregon Kafusi, extended bench, Andrew Davey, Hayes Dunster. Hayes Dunster, up. baby. That's that one I was forecasting before. So um, Parramatta have sort of, I don't want to say they tip their team with selections, but the, we certainly do provide um, the idea that we lend more weight to the 18th and 19th men. 
because we saw Stefano Toicomano sort of was bumped up from 2021 to 1819 a week before his debut. So, yeah, it looks like Hayes Dunster is there or thereabouts. Stefano Otuikamanu and Brad Takarangi, match officials, Grant Atkins, Ziggy, Ziggy. Gets a touch, <laughs> a touch oh role, as well as Belinda Sharp, Bo Scott in the video referee box. Hey, uh, you know, he's going to put a couple of favours towards us again this week. Do you know that uh, Ziggy? Klein as the senior review official. Do you know that Ziggy played a guitar? Yeah. Ziggy play guitar. Bit of David Bowie for you. Yeah. Spiders from Mars, yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. I'm surprised. Uh, I didn't get on that. Where, where were you at, Ham? Why are you backing up? <laughs> um, Dragons, uh, they're danger men. Matt Dufty, Zach Lomax. Matt, Matthew Dufty looking like a, a proper NRL fullback. What's yeah, going yeah. on? Well, they've, they've changed the way they've deployed him, haven't they? They've given him access to more early ball in space and allowed him to sort of get downhill attacking the defensive line. And, I mean, I spoke about this with 60s yes, yesterday, the day before, on the TCT podcast there's a lot of similarities between uh, uh, Dufty and Bevan French for a long time. And I mean, I love Bevan French at his prime, but he was also a player that got ragdolled a lot by the defensive line. And that happened to Dufty for a good chunk too. So the credit to the Dragons for, in that regard, for unlocking his potential. But um, conversely, you've seen the opposition teams really key into him, haven't you? The, the Rabbitohs obviously identified that he loves to play late and flat to the line of that ball. So they get their winger to shoot into the get the defensive, the, the offensive line, sorry. And um, there's an opportunity for interceptions. Fergo's pretty good at that, so hopefully yeah, he's Fergo, throwing Fergo them, uh, loves to park himself in that little sort of C-gap, I suppose, um, when you're talking about the, the centre and the winger. So that's an opportunity for him for sure. And I suppose the other player you talked about, Zach Lomax, has had a breakout year. He's been really good. and I mean, he's been carrying my fantasy team, not, not to try and drop the fantasy link there, but he's been awesome. Just similar game plan, get him early ball, give him that one-on-one look of the opposition centre so he can sort of uh, feign that inside step and skip to the outside, creating that two-on-one for his winger. He's very so good at that. He's over on the. Um, he's right a, he's side. a right side, so he's up against Jenko. Yeah, it's going to be a, an okay, awesome battle. And I think, the, I think the Dragons' wingers. I know that they're not like high caliber players, but they're very strong and compact players. So they're pretty good meter meter uh, eaters. And I just think um, we got to we can't sleep on them. We have got to make sure like they might be the weakest link in their back five. We just got to make sure sure cut their um, their post contact meters. You know. Get some gang tackles into them. Well, just looking at that, uh, we got two wins over them last year, 12-4 in the corresponding match, and then after being down by a fair few points, coming back 32-18 to against the Dragons. We seem to really play well against the yeah. Dragons, oh. and, and Gutherson um, is the player that Ollie marked to have a really good game on. He just seems to play really good against the red and white. I don't know what it is. is he, uh, he's a bit of a bull, is he? Sees the red strip and smashes them. Uh, But the Dragons only getting four wins from 13 uh, appearances this season. Um, And they've only had three wins from 17 appearances at Parramatta, uh, the various iterations of of, uh, Bankwest. Um, So not a happy ground for them uh, to come to. I mean, I know that we've matched up well with them recently. I didn't realize the domination was that extensive. Yeah, no. So overall, twenty wins to fifteen in since uh, nineteen ninety eight, with two draws uh, thrown in. Um, and given you know our, our history, especially in the last decade, uh, it's been quite dominant even in that period over the Dragons. We all remember the Kenny Edwards uh, tap try. <laughs> what a what a great moment! What about the Jenko pass through the legs? That was pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I almost forgot about that. That was to Semi, wasn't it, back yep. in Semi? Yeah. Semi had a hat-trick in like 30 minutes, something like that, and he could have – the thing was he was going to score like seven tries that game, and then he didn't And then also you had the uh, – in the same game that 
beautiful inside pass from Bevan French, funnily enough. Yes, it was, yeah. yeah. And then, then there was also the Cody Nelson dummy half game where he made like 50 tackles as an emergency dummy half. The um, infamous Benji chant. Was that our first win after the salary cap scandal? That might have been, yeah. Yeah. So, and yes, the Benji return to Parramatta. Benji. <laughs> There's been some good memories against the Dragons. Jeez. I was out fishing and I had the radio sitting on. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, um, Jared Hayne was awesome that day against um, against the Dragons. Jeez. So what what do we think the areas of strength weakness? Uh, do we want to get into well, prediction? No, no. Paul Vaughan, the Parramatta's really need to be muscling up for the middle and establishing dominance there. The way they have all season, that you know you expect them to maintain that standard against a pack that's under strength now that their best forwards out. Um, and then I think the players I think will take a, a big role in this game will be the two halves and probably Quentin Gufferson, like you singled out Hamish. I think that on the back of that platform they'll play downhill, they'll play fast. And um, they'll be looking to, you know, eviscerate a, a retreating defensive line. I think we've got them on the bench. I always say it, but I, you look at it, the starting pack there with Vaughan out there, a little bit smaller on the smaller side. Their work rate's down. Um, really, in their starting pack, you're looking Tyson, Frizzell, probably their best forward. And really, I think they're only forward. Like, Blake Laurie's pretty good. I don't think Cameron McKinnon, he's up against Brownie, overpowered there. And then you look at the bench. Kate Ellis looks like a creative player on Madden. Corbin Sims is nothing, and then Jacob Post is only a young fair. So, how long's Corbin Sims been back from injury? This is his first game back. Yeah. yeah, I just think you know you look at the bench there. If we can get Murata, Oggie, and Evans to, oh, even Ray Stone coming off with impact, on, you know, get them and just really overpower that, and then come that second wave, and then when we bring Junior and Reg back on, better stint is funnily enough their second stint. So, um, yeah, muscle it up through the middle, really put them to the sword. I think points will come. Like we don't, we've had a struggle recently in tries, but if we hold the ball, completed up around 85%, should be a drier night, especially compared to Sunday. So I think points will come in this game for I think it's raining Friday. I don't want to jinx it, but I think I saw rain on the radar. Well, uh, Channel 10 announcing that Tim Bailey has been uh, uh, going to be let go as part of their... Uh, Timbo? Uh, yeah, yeah. How will I know the weather now? How, how will I know if there's going to be drips and drops across rooftops and crops? How's he going to pay for his fake tan? <laughs> that too. <laughs> um, uh, let's have a look at the weather from the Bureau of Meteorology. You know, I'm worried about the squat king on the bench for the, um, the Dragons. Yeah, seventy percent chance of showers. You're right there, Birdie. Seventy percent. I looked at seventy percent. Most likely in the afternoon and evening. That's all right. We're the, we, we've established ourselves as the alpha aquatic life form in the NRL, and Dragons need you know, dry weather to to raw Plus, fire. Plus, Bankwest has like the best like plumbing, apparently. Well, it does, but it's also very slippery. So, <laughs> like, the, they are different reasons there, but yeah. So, it'd be interesting yeah, to see. Part of what sits on, yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I think that'll wrap uh, up that chat. Uh, predictions, Birdie. <clears throat> yes, I'm going to go Paramount 26, Dragons 10. We'll win the Jayfield Cup, uh, or Jayfield <laughs> Cup, sorry. First try scorer. <laughs> I'm going to go... I had to literally sit for about five... No, for the whole podcast and try to think who played for Para and Dragons besides Corey Norman. We could say the YKTR Cup, but branding... You know. Cameron anyway, King. Oh, yeah. To, oh, yeah. To an extent. Maybe when we play the Featherstone Rovers, whatever they're called, we'll call that the Cup. <laughs> um, <laughs> first try scorer, I'm going to go uh, Maddo, and I think he's going to be off a kick. It's going to be a kick, and he's going to dive. Ooh, swan dive. Extra points going uh, for. Yep, and I hopefully Fergo scores a try, but... I highly doubt it, but um, just, I don't know. 
I, I feel as though this will be a back-to-back masterclass from um, Dylan Brown, and Mitchell Moses will just be in the background. And he will just t- tinker with the attack a bit. So I'm tipping a very comfortable win in the wet, which, you know, other than that, just got to watch out for Lomax and Dufty. That's it. Over to you, whoever's next. You, you want me to jump in now? Thanks, Betty, for 40, 40, 40, 40. So if the, uh, the conditions are dry, I expect Parramatta to probably go past 30 points, but seeing as they're looking to be a little bit damper, I'll um, dial back the prediction to uh, 26 to 26. That's five tries. 24, 24, 10. And then FTS. I'm back in Dylan Brown to go back to back, baby. Hey, um, so Parramatta will win the Daniel Wagon Cup. Um, wow, well, what a blast from the past that is. <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, didn't we have the old uh, the clapper? What was his name? The one that clapped his own try? Uh, Piggy Riddell. Piggy yeah, Riddell. Yeah, that's probably yeah. the best one there. The, the, the thing is, I'm not sure if Daniel Wagon played for St. George Illawarra or just St. George, so it's a bit contentious there. Um, first try scorer, I'm going for RCG. Bust over from two metres out. <laughs> Girl will be Parramatta. 2040, so. 24, 10. 24, 10. 10. So I said 26, 10. 40 said 24, 10. And Han's going to say 23, 10. No, I'm not. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to go 20, Parramatta, to the Dragons, nil. Whoa, that's a good win. All right. Well, I've, I've got Gutho, the king, down for first try. Wait, 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 wait. Hey, hey, don't we do his prediction for him, guys? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, boss, you don't have a say in this. <laughs> that was a one time only. Uh, oh, okay. What did you say? 20, 26 to 10. And then 40 said 24 to 10. Uh, funnily enough, actually, before you started your predictions, I had a 26 8, and I'm going to stick with it. <laughs> Split the difference between me and Bertie, man. <laughs> um, yeah, I think we can win and win this one comfortably. Uh, Dragons have only won four games for a reason. Um, yeah, I think that about wraps it up. Yeah. So, so would, this, would this be the last game for Mary McGregor? Well, uh, if, I'm not sure. If old Buzz Rothfield has his way, it will be, but yeah, I don't know about that. What's the, what's the point of sacking him now? Like, who's off contract that they're going to be able to get? I imagine that they'd appeal the to the NRL. Problems. Well, they'd appeal to the NRL to alleviate uh, Flanagan's circumstances. Even So what, you get up with him for another year? Like, I just... Thank God we got Brad Arthur. Yes, sir. Okay, well, is there any off-field chat? Or uh, most sports are still in lockdown. Well, uh, NBA is still kicking on. Yeah, NBA is going on. The I don't follow them, but the Phoenix Suns are 6-0 and with um, life bubble, inside yeah. the bubble. So they're, they're a team that people were just writing off as like a meme in the play into the NBA finals, and all of a sudden they're now a real chance um, with Booker um, being like the hottest player inside the bubble now. So... I don't know. The, the 76ers yeah. have been devastated, Birdie. Uh, ben yeah, ben Simmons and, and uh, Joel Embiid both picking up injuries, so they're in trouble. And uh, Hey, Matisse has the vlog, so that's Mat- all it's about. Matisse, Sorry, Matisse. yeah, we, we mentioned this before, Mat- Matisse Thibel is an Aussie, um, and he's got an incredible set of uh, vlogs or vlogs about life inside the bubble at Disney World. So get on that if you want to watch an interesting insight into a truly unique professional sporting scene. Um, yeah, and beyond that, uh, I don't know if you've been following Hamish, but um, somehow Quentin Dunbar has been, uh, well, not, he hasn't been uh, exonerated, but they didn't manage to press charges against him in that um, insane poker uh, hold-up situation that he and um, that uh, DeAndre, Baker. DeAndre Baker found themselves in. So good no, God knows what's happened there. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I've sort of been keeping out of the loop. I, I've been kept up, keeping up with my podcast. So. Yeah, so I'm just trying to think of any big NFL news, any NFL news has gone down, Birdie. Um, oh, they've they've stopped the um the cutout for the sorry the cutoff mark for the opt out has was, happened, and it was sixty nine players. Yeah. Um. Mm. So if anyone, I, the only way you can be cut out now is if you have a new um health 
um, crisis or health injury or something like that. So. Oh, if if anyone wants to understand how insane the NFL is to what they do to their linesmen, the guys that are either protecting the QB or going after the QB, there's a, t- a Twitter picture of Joe Staley six months after he's retired, and he looks like a just a normal fit man, like 185 pounds, which is. He got on the Matt Dunning diet. Yeah. <laughs> they look like cancer patients, yeah. to be honest. And, yeah. um, and he, he played at like 320 pounds. So he has dropped like almost half his body weight in six months. So it just shows you how insane it is. I think the next Hard Knocks um, series is going to be based off the two LA teams. So that'll be a bit interesting. You know, oh, that'd stadium. be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, other than that, um, I don't know if this is fresh, but maybe Alex Smith is cleared to play now. No, we, we didn't talk yeah. about it, but that's awesome news, isn't it? Yeah. That was yeah, like, one of the single most gruesome injuries you'll ever see. I didn't realize he could have died. Yeah, I didn't realize how bad it was. Yeah, when like, when oh, you shit. when you crush arteries like that, um, the bleed yeah. out can cause you to die very quickly, and that's what the the scare was with players like um, uh, Chris Lawrence. When you dislocate your hip, there's a risk of doing something like that. You sort of you can pinch an artery or something that travels down that uh, joint, and you can die. Um, so that same happened from uh, Tweed Tungalovola Tungalo as well. So, Tungavailoa. Tungavailoa, there you go, sorry. So, yeah, crazy, 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 crazy. All right, so, sorry, I'm just looking at the NBA now. I didn't realise how far the Warriors had, uh, oh, had fallen. And more, more NFL craziness. Oh, they had lost three players, that's why. More NFL players. craziness. Um, uh, disgruntled Jacksonville Jaguare, uh, Yannick Ngokwe, who's been trying to force his way out of the team, <laughs> recently fired his player agent because the agent hired the wrong dog trainer. I know, yeah. I know. Dax Pres- I know Dax Prescott's um, agent. He got he got sacked from, or they split with the agency. So because three of his players were on, um, they're on the franchise deal, so they couldn't get the long term deal. So the agent was doing the, the yeah. respective job here. Yeah, keep a lookout. I still think Dak's gone, and Aaron Rodgers will be in the Cowboys in two years. Um, oh, there will be a, speaking of knife fights between the brothers and and Wenty, there'll be a bloody knife fight on the podcast if that happens. <laughs> Oh, not really. If Love is our next, uh, you know, franchise QB for the next fifty <laughs> next, years, next Hall of Fame QB off the, the off the production line. You have the the uh, what was it? The Vikings, Brett Favre. I, I will uh, I will say that Jordan Love does have more criticisms of his game than Aaron Rodgers did back in the day. But I mean, the Panthers, are, the Panthers, the Packers done a pretty good job of scouting QBs. So at least we're not the Bears and drafting ten. True <laughs> that. At I least we're the not the Bears. Half, uh, half a billion dollars. So. Uh, or the go. Washington football right, well, team. I think that wraps up the chat now. Uh, we'll see you on the next Parapodcast. Yeah, catch you, boys. Hopefully celebrating a win, and we get this one out early on Friday night, and then followed by, uh, is it two Thursday night games in a row? Yeah. Yeah. Ugh, Thursday um, night. So they're both home games, though, but I, I haven't got tickets for them just because it's a bit hard to, to get a Thursday night off. Yeah. That 8 o'clock time slot at Thursday is just brutal, isn't it? Sucks. Yeah. Well, well uh, Saturday, Sunday footy. Get rid of Thursday and Friday night. Well, yeah, hopefully to those that can head out, uh, you put in a, a big cheer sesh. We want to hear um, the Sibo chant. We want to hear the King chant. We want to hear everything. That's it. I would, but I've got COVID. It's affecting me. <coughs> and on that bomb, sure. <laughs> Stay safe, lads. All right, catch you on the next Power Podcast. Cheers. Bye.